Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome back to Brooko Mode. In this episode, I'm joined by Lockie McKay. From a young age, he was a dominant footy player and primed for AFL, but the dream wasn't to be. However, he did find a huge passion for the gym and is now a full-time personal trainer and just competed in his first bodybuilding competition. I absolutely love this chat and was great to see such amazing self-growth in Lockie over a long period of time since we last spoke. Expect to learn about dealing with the expectations to play AFL from such a young age, the mentally taxing nature of playing football to impress others, the lessons he has learnt from football, why he decided to quit footy and pursue the gym lifestyle, how he coaches and motivates his clients, the sacrifices required to do well in bodybuilding and in prep, his simple advice for starting in the gym, and much, much more. If you do like this episode, please take a quick moment to rate it five stars. Thank you heaps in advance. Let's get into it. I didn't really know how to tell people what was happening. You've got to start living like it's not going to last forever. If you've got something nice to say, say it. It's such a negative world. Why don't we start changing the way we talk? No, I've never been scared of dying. Stop judgment for curiosity. If you love yourself and the important people in your life love you, then that's all you really need. How big of a dream was it to play AFL football? Um, it was pretty much my life when I was younger. Um, growing up, footy was pretty much my whole life. Um, started Auskick um, into early ages um, and then into school, sort of late teens. It's all I focused about, school in the back burner, friends in the back burner, like footy was pretty much it. Um, so it was pretty much all I wanted to do when I was younger. There was nothing really else that made me happy that I enjoyed. So yeah, footy was much, that's all I wanted to do. Well, how did it feel to dominate footy games? Because <laughs> whenever I talk about Lockie McKay, everyone remembers the Wembley Downs year three onwards to year se- seven, like it's absolute monster no one could stop you how did it actually feel going to games knowing you would absolutely like dominate you're physically superior like you were you were a serious gun (laughs) um I don't know it didn't really feel weird like when I 
was rocking up at games. Like, obviously, I knew I had speed and strength on everybody, but, like, I wasn't really, like, arrogant. I tried to not come across as arrogant. Like, I maybe played arrogant, you know, handballing it to myself in the air, stuff like that. But I just wanted to play footy, and I had a lot of fun playing it. Um, I was fortunate that, yeah, I was, you know, superior in athleticism and everything. But um, overall, it didn't really feel – I didn't feel too different to – you know, someone else who wasn't that great at footy. I just was lucky enough to dominate the games. But there was certain moments in games where, you know, you're like, oh, I want to kick a goal, so I'll go kick a goal. Yeah. Uh, you know, but um, there wasn't too different. I just love playing footy. And I maybe came across as arrogant because I did stuff on the field that looked arrogant. But I never tried to, you know, be arrogant or... Um, look to show off. I just was fortunate enough that I could show off and do those things at that age. Um, but yeah, being taller and stronger at 13 is definitely helpful, trust me. So <laughs> You were starting to make a few pathway things with footy, like state squads and stuff like that. You didn't make the state 16's WA squad. When did the sort of AFL dream start to feel further and further away? Probably probably year 11, so probably the year after that. So I didn't make the 16s, um, but I knew 18s was coming up, and that was the pinnacle. If you want to make footy AFL, you got to make the 18s. Um, so I was still pretty hopeful then. So I went into year 11 focused on, I think my biggest weakness was my endurance. Um, so I wanted to play a midfielder role. I had the speed and strength, I thought. Um, but the endurance level that I had wasn't great. So I really focused on my running capacity. So I dropped a lot of kilos, got a bit lighter, a bit faster. Um, endurance was really well. So I came in pretty primed into the 11 season. Um, started that season pretty well. And then there was a game against Aquinas who I remember playing. That was at home. And it was a big names like Devin Robertson, Joe Sharp. Big game. Um, it was at home, big crowd, um, started pretty well, was able to get the first clearance and then hit up Zach and then went back to the middle. Um, Sagas smashed the ball. I've gone from a starting position, sprinted and Hammy's gone. It's just gone off the bone. Um, tried to go through, but there was no chance. And then after that sort of just spiraled under control, was so upset, you know, I wanted to play Colts footy and sort of ruin my chance at state selection because I knew that game there was going to be scouts there watching. Um, so I sort of, you know, was sitting on a couch for eight weeks straight, not exercising, eating my feelings, um, sort of came back very unfit. And at that point I sort of knew 18s wasn't a chance anymore and um, it sort of just went downhill from there. I knew that making the AFL was a pretty slim opportunity after that. Do you reckon you found it harder because in some ways you were always sort of at the top and like suddenly, you know, people are starting to get their size and it's a bit harder and you had to fight a bit more for it. Do you reckon maybe that resilience wasn't there as, as much because you hadn't been used to being sort of near the lower end? Yeah, 100%. Like I've used to, I've always been the strongest and when people start to push you around, and it starts to mentally sort of play on you a little bit. You're like, oh, they can push me around. Or, you know, just beat you with skill. 
I think my skill was something I didn't work on too much because I was just I just used my strength and speed. So when you know skillful players started to you know dominate me and beat me using their skill, it started to really mess with me my psych in the game. Um, so yeah, definitely it was an impact. I wish maybe I started not so dominant. I could have sort of learnt those skills and then got into a body, but. Um, I guess it's just what happens. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, more fortunately, I had great success yeah. at a younger age, but it didn't help sort of maturity to get to that level, that next level, because I was sort of just given everything at a young age and just yeah. thought that was it. That's all I need to do. Just play like this. Don't improve. The persona of Bull and everyone getting around that, like, you know, the bravado, the confidence, like that was always attributed to you. Was the perception different to the reality inside? Because it all seemed like from the external that you all had it figured out, like you were very confident. But inside, it, you know, footy was getting a bit harder. Did it, like I said, did it take a bit of a toll? Yeah, a little. Um, like I love the nickname and I still do. Um, but do I reckon, like I do play physical and I do, but sometimes like that everyone shouts bull and you got those expectations you go into a game feeling like you have to do something every game and you have to like do be the x factor every game and it was like shit for you know if i have a shit game i feel like everybody's just gonna think you know my name's my nickname's not worth it or people are not gonna respect me as much if i don't have a good game or don't do something special every game so going into every game i was always you know the love for it, you know, started when I was young. I didn't really have a nickname, so I wasn't really worried about how I played. I just played well, and that's when I played my best footy. Um, and then later on, when you had that expectation to play well, it was very anxious rocking up to every game, like, I, sh- I have to perform here. I have to show off. I have to do something so cool. Um, so, yeah, it was – it's it's a curse and also, like, a blessing. Mm. But, like, um, it was more of a curse because – you couldn't really enjoy the game. You, every time I was thinking about what can I do next to show off. Was that because you put all your sort of eggs into the, the footy basket because the pathway was there for you to play AFL? And, it, you know, it, it was, you were speaking to AFL clubs when you were 15, 16, is that right? Uh, when I was 15, I was not speaking to AFL clubs but was speaking to, like, state scouts. Like, they were pretty um, optimistic about my journey to get there. Um but I'd never spoke to a club, so no. But um, is, is that what made it hard, though? Because you'd fully invested everything in the footy. And in your head, were you thinking, like, it's footy or... Because a lot of people, you see it now, like, if they weren't playing AFL, they're like, fuck, I wouldn't have anything else. Mm. But you were sort of maybe an example of someone who was sort of destined to play footy and then didn't. What was that like, not having the reality? Because we often hear from people who have who have made it and they're like, if I didn't do footy, like what was I going to do? But you you were sort of, everyone was thinking, okay, Lockie McKay, you sort of pigeonhole you into the AFL career, but it sort of just didn't start to play out that way. Yeah, it was, um, at the start, it was pretty depressing. Um, Realising that your dream is not going to happen. Um, had no clue what to do. Fortunately, I found what I've loved now. But um, at the start, yeah, I had no idea what to do. I felt like a failure, 100%. Like, mainly for myself. Um, just because that's all I wanted to do, all I loved. 
Um, didn't really have any, I didn't really try hard in anything else, so I didn't have anything else to go to. Um, so I was very fortunate enough to sort of be good at, I knew I was good at strength. I knew um, that I liked sort of pushing myself. So when I, you know, we did weightlifting at the, in pre-season and stuff and I really enjoyed, you know, doing the bench, the squat, the deadlift. Um, so once I realised that, know senior footy for Subiaco you know AFL sort of out the question now it's a bit too late you know um really enjoyed my lifting I was like what if I just do this instead and that sort of clicked and then you know I started going to the gym a lot more um started skipping sessions to go to the gym to go bench and deadlift and do that instead um and I realized just that the mental sort of side was so much better like the physical I enjoyed footy but it was mentally a toll, like going to sessions, three sessions a week, plus a game, plus recovery, when you don't really want to be there. Um, after a while, it's like, don't want to do this anymore. So I was very lucky I found a scapegoat that I found mm. into sort of gym, and then now we're here now. Sort yeah. of being so in the second season of Subi, did, do you feel like you lost that passion? Yeah. Um, so first season... I uh, came in pretty optimistic. Like, I was like, oh, I want to play, you know, Waffle Senior Football. That'd be pretty cool. Um, did that first preseason. Like, Waffle preseasons, they're no joke. They're, like, really fucking hard. Uh, they push you really hard. You know, you've got time trials every, like, four weeks. Um, running sessions after a main session. Um, it's three times a week. Sun- Saturday morning. So, you know, you can't really go out with your mates and enjoy times. Um, so... You know, it's a long pre-season. Then you get to your season. Didn't get selected for reserves or league. So um, I played the first reserve game, sorry. Um, played all right in that. Got selected for round two. Had a stinker. Didn't get picked. And then didn't get picked to play reserves or league for, I think it was 10 weeks. And sort of that, in, in those first couple of weeks, I started to really not enjoy footy because obviously not playing. But then went down to the uni ammos club and um played the colts there and sort of that environment where it's like a bit more casual um playing with people that just want to have play footy and have fun sort of found my love for it again i'm like oh maybe this is a path i did that and then got reselected um and then broke my collarbone around the first game i went back to subi started out the quarter first two first half played pretty well um, so yeah, the ball went out, their big ruckman, I went to pick it up, slammed me, snapped my collarbone and I was like, shit, I've been keep getting injured all the time as well. Um, did recovery, was able to go back to Ammo's, lost the grand final to, um, forgot who we lost to, but, um, we lost by like a point or something and I was like, screw it, I'm going to give, yeah, um, that game was tough. Yeah. That was a tough loss, but, um. And then, so I was like, screw it, I'm going to give footy one more go. So I went back to senior footy, did the preseason, hated it. I was like, all right, I'll, draw, I'll try these first couple games, see if I enjoy it. And I played all five games, was playing pretty well, was getting selected, and I still didn't enjoy footy. And I was like, well, what's the point of playing footy? Mm. And then that's when I decided to go, yeah, I cut it and just focused, started on lifting. Did you feel like you had to give it preseason another crack just so you wouldn't have that voice in your head? A little bit. A little bit. I was a bit like, oh, sort of like, it's not that, like, it's also like, um, it's literally been my life as well. So I was like, 
I can't just like give up now. I got to give it at least one more crack. Mm. And if I can, you know, enjoy preseason or somewhat enjoy it and then get into games, then maybe it was just a tough year last year. But still just didn't enjoy it. The love wasn't there. Passion wasn't there. Maybe because I didn't really have many mates at Subi, like really close mates um, from school and stuff. But um, it just, I just didn't really want to be there anymore. Even in games, I was like, I just can't wait to go home, to be honest. Mm. Um, so at that point, I realised that it, the footy career is over. So when when you started lifting and how did the PT stuff come about? And um, space? Well, I started lifting with mates and I was like really into it. So I started watching videos on how to lift with proper technique and form. So I really got into that. And I was teaching my mates how to lift and seeing them progress and stuff. Um, and that sort of sparked like, oh, I like doing this. So I might as well, you know, create a career out of it. So went to TAFE and got my Cert 3 and Cert 4 in fitness. How long does that take? Uh, so Cert 3 takes around six months and then Cert 4 takes around 12 months. So it's still like a, a pretty long time to get your certs, but... Um, it's more practical work. Like you sort of have to learn how to work with people. It's a very social job. So learning, um, I'm more of a, I don't really like talking at much. So, yeah, so, I was thinking, yeah. so, um, learning to, um, talk and interact with clients is super important because you can't just be, you know, like one, two, three, <laughs> just standing there. It's not really, they're not going to pay you for that. So you have to learn to sort of interact with your clients and actually create a bond with them. And that's how you get the best out of them as well. Um, I know I find it when you train your mates, you have the, your, your best sessions because, you know, you're laughing, you're joking in between sets and then, you know, you smash each other when you do your sets. So you sort of got to do that with your clients. You can't be so military. You got to be like nice, like a sort of a friend that's helping them. Um, so I did that and then got into PT and just have loved it ever since. Like um, I'm more, I want to PT like just the regular person. I feel like I find that's more rewarding um, because, you know, you could coach athletes but they sort of know what you do you just give them stuff and they go do it and you watch because they sort of know what to do already but with sort of just your average joe you got to sort of you know guide them through and to see them sort of see results makes me makes you know it makes you feel happy about yourself like you're doing something because most of the people have no idea how to lift or how to eat or you know how to live a healthy lifestyle so to teach them how to and to see the you know, happiness that they get out of it and the progress, it's its pretty rewarding. How much have you learned from when you began to now in coaching about motivating people and communicating and all these sort of skills you developed? How have you developed them? Because you have a coach as well, don't you? Yeah. Um, so a lot, like through, I was very, um, probably like vocabulary as well. Like I needed to change because back then I was very, didn't really talk at all um joked around to mates like mate talk is a bit different to like client talk mm. like you sort of got to switch it up but it's sort of a fine line in between you don't want to be too you know dull and you don't want to be too on the extreme of how you talk to your mates um so you got to find that sort of middle ground um so learning how to you know talk to someone open up to someone because if you can't create that bond with your client then it's just not going to work because Main, the main reason why people get PT is for results, but also they stay with you because they like you. If they don't like you, then they're not going to stay with you. It's like 
if I hired a coach, if I didn't like someone, I'm not going to stay around no matter how good they are. So creating that bond through like good communication skills, um, things I've learned from my coach plus sort of the certs has helped me being able to sort of keep more clients and get more clients because I'm just generally a good person and that's what you want to do as a PT coach. Well, I hope I'm generally a good yeah. person. So that's what I want um, to sort of do as a coach is to be there for them in getting their progress but also be there as a friend as well. I guess when you were in high school and it was all footy, footy and based a lot of your worth off football and now you get to base a lot of worth off helping other people, how much healthier is that for your mental health? A lot, a lot. Um, footy was like pretty like the mental health of footy was just like results that's all that mattered results play good results play good it's pretty selfish because like all i cared about was playing good like to be honest all i cared about was playing good like i don't really care about the results back then like when you want to play afl you want to play good because scouts look at how good you play not if your team wins so all you want to do is play good um so every time you know you're trying to look good in front of people um and you know, to keep doing that, it sort of mentally fries you because all you care about is impressing other people um, while this helping other people is so much more rewarding because you can see how much you've done for them and you see the joy and happiness that you get from coaching someone that just makes you feel better. Um, you know, helping a client who can't bend over to be able to bend over and, and squat is so much more rewarding than, you know, getting 30 and kicking two pressing someone that you don't even know or you don't even like you don't even like yeah so do you have elderly clients as well yeah so i got a couple elderly clients um i coach my pop as well so um i see you with your pop as well so yeah so um yeah he's he's i think he's 82 so he's pretty old so with a lot more mobility and balance work now but um especially with elder clients you sort of just it's mainly just chatting because that's like their highlight of the day going yeah. down. You know, you can see their smile. Um, they want to just chat with you, see how you're going, see how they're going. And you sort of just take them through because for them, balance is like a big thing that goes away, their coordination and everything. So working on that so they make sure that they're safe. Walking around, going upstairs, walking downstairs, carrying stuff because, yeah, that definitely declines very quickly when you get older. But mate, most of my clients are in that sort of 30 to 50 range. Just sort of have no idea how to exercise. So um, just the basic fundamental movements that teaching them and seeing them develop on that just sees the progress they see. Um, What's the process look like? Does someone come to you and say, like, because if they have no idea, like how much of it is like letting them dictate where they want to go versus you being like, okay, like, we can sort of go here with what I know, but like they don't have really any idea. So how many sort of preconceived ideas or goals do they have when they come in? The majority, like 90% is lose weight, um, which then I'll correct them. It's like lose body fat. Weight doesn't really matter. It fluctuates. Love that. So um, we want to lose fat. So how do we do that? We have to create a calorie deficit. Obviously, that's the first thing. So let's have a look at their diet. Um and mostly it's not great. Like if, you tell, if they tell the truth, which they don't at the start, they're pretty ashamed. But then once you sort of get a detail, you can definitely tell. And then, you know, 
you tell them about healthy foods and what to eat for you know breakfast lunch dinner snacks and then sort of focus on training training i i like to control it because if they come to me they sort of they're looking for a trainer to show them what to do um and i think training's pretty basic um if you get your nutrition you know sort of right 80 20 rule which 80 percent whole foods you know 20 percent soul foods whatever you want to eat sort of do that correctly and then training is just the basic movements. You want to be able to push stuff, pull stuff, lunge, legs, and then carry stuff. So, you know, sort of implement those things and then exercises just get harder and harder selection. So we might start with uh, incline press, dumbbell incline press. You know, they get really good at that. We can progress to a bench press. They get really good at that, you know, maybe a push press. And you're sort of just trying to increase gradually until they can do them themselves and then... That's pretty much the goal. Do you have you learnt most of these exercises and I guess how to coach them, not just from when you, when you get taught, but also from your own personal yeah use. So definitely starting on if I was starting, I would start with all the fundamental movements because they build the most muscle. All the big compound lifts, if you can get them really heavy and strong, like you'll build so much muscle. Especially if you're new to the gym, like the newbie gains are real. They're, they're really and if you start with you know deadlift bench and squat and you can really get those strong before carrying over to the aesthetics sort of side of gym which is like bodybuilding you know really focusing on one muscle Isolation, yeah. um you can really like make huge gains from that but plus all the helps it with your posture um strength um which is all the uh, transitions into other lifts as well so it's easier when you transition into other lifts that you're already stronger so you can already progress better so you know starting out with the basics is so important you know you see people nowadays trying to chase you know the chris bumstead look or um and they go straight to these all these isolation um optimal exercise movements Mm. so you know really target but they haven't even built up a base yet so you sort of got to build up a base before you can start branching out so and that's with everybody so if a new client comes in I want to have a look at how you squat. I want to have a look at how you bench. I want to have a look at how you deadlift. Before we go into, you know, I want to build bigger biceps. Well, I don't even know if you can do a bench press properly before you can do a bicep, mm. you know. Um, so, yeah, those it's, it's, it's so important to do the f- basics first before you branch out. Do you do a lot of mindset coaching without even realising it? Like when when you're communicating with your clients? Because I feel like that's probably another thing they lack is like the clarity of like, how to approach gym and be on top of their diet and their commitment to the training and stuff like that? A little bit, yeah. Um, especially when it comes to diet. Um, sort of, you know, they feel either guilty or restricted. Um, and you've got to sort of tell them that, you know, there's no foods that actually make you fat. It's just the, you know, the quantity of what you eat and sort of telling them through sort of like mindset and sort of, telling them through like little tips and cues and sort of how to make yourself feel because everybody like has a, like I've learned has a pretty bad relationship with food, either a stress eating, um, non-stress eating. So like those are the big two things I see, especially with busy um, sort of people, you know, they just grab and go, whatever, pick stress eat if they're stressed. So creating sort of like little habits or little, tips and sort of mindset tricks to sort of get out of that sort of relationship with food and sort of see food 
as sort of a fuel source and sort of fueling yourself properly instead of just, oh, you know, that's bad, that's good. You know, they're all sort of good. Every food is, is good. It's going to fuel you. But it's sort of just um, teaching them moderation, um, teaching them what type of foods that they need to eat more of and what foods they need to stay away from. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much it. With clients, have you seen a big way with how they show up from like the beginning versus now with some of your clients? Like like with their confidence, with their, I don't know, it's hard to read into someone's mental health. To start when they Yeah, when you first got a client and then you've been with them for a certain amount of time, have you seen the sort of progression in how they show up and how you can sort of have an external sense of how they feel about themselves without getting a full accurate read? Yeah, a lot more like... Um, excited and, and sort of like less shy so like they come in sort of knowing what to do like when they first come in especially if you're completely new to the gym it's a pretty daunting place the gym like you walk in and there's like you know big people with big muscles walking around <laughs> yeah. lifting weights you know screaming dropping them it's pretty scary because like you get walking there you're like shit I have no idea I feel so out of place especially if you know you feel already self-conscious about yourself already um, you feel like everybody's watching you, but like gym's the one place where I guarantee you, like no one, no one looks at you, no one, no, everyone's just focused on what they're doing. So I try and tell them that, but once a client sort of gets to know that environment and starts to feel more confident and sort of is doing well progressing, they come in, you know, excited to lift because they know it makes them feel better. And after each session, you know, they do, they go back home and they're like, oh, I feel amazing. Like I, I've smashed my day. Usually it's the first thing in the morning. You feel done, you're done, ticked it off you do it for the rest of the day. Um, so the confidence and like you just see the mood, the face, they're excited, they're ready to go. Um, when you see a first client come in, they're like nervous, shy, like sort of shriveled up a little bit, like sort of intimidated a little bit. And then you just see them expand like later and later and later. And they just yeah, get I, better. Mate, I'd be intimidated by the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so let's talk about your, you know, your own gym and experience and you've got into bodybuilding. So I guess what flicked the switch there to decide to compete and go down that path? Probably just cause like I wanted to push myself like footy, you really push yourself. And I've always liked putting myself in like, like really like pushing as hard as I can. So I saw, I've, I've also seen like bodybuilding preps and I was like, Oh, it'd be pretty cool to be hop on stage you know, maybe tanned up or oiled up, like on stage flexing your muscles. I was like, oh, that's pretty, pretty cool. Um, so I said, you know, screw it, I'll, I'll sign up. So I signed up with a coach um, and, you know, he had a look at me and said, mate, it's going to be a brutal prep, if you know. And I was like, right, I'll do whatever. So um, the mindset to do it was just, you know, I'm just going to listen to exactly what he says. You know, the first four weeks of prep were pretty easy coming off, you know, um, 21st season and eating all these foods so I wasn't really hungry at all and then we started to get into the late part of the prep or middle part of the prep um, definitely started to start to feel a lot more um, stress sleep started to be affected is this um, when you're when you're cutting is this so can you give us an overview of the like sort of the timeline and how how long that prep was for and maybe how long we bulking anymore or no i was so the timeline was 20 weeks so oh sorry 16 weeks um first four weeks was um gradual calorie drop so it was pretty moderate didn't really drop i was eating around 
3,000. So still like a good amount of food, pretty much maintenance calories. So I didn't really feel hungry at all. A lot of whole foods, so a lot better foods than I was eating, you know, a week ago. So um, the first four weeks sort of flew by. I didn't really think about it too much. Um, and then we get into sort of the middle part, which is like pretty important, the eight weeks. So you got four weeks and then you got your eight weeks. So this is when you really start to start to shed fat. Um, so the calories drop um, a lot more. So I was eating around probably 24, 25. So the first, those first two weeks, fine. And then into that sort of little middle part through my birthday and everything, mm. um, it started to get, you know, you start to think about food now. So, you know, you wake up like, oh, I'm really hungry now. I'm thinking about breakfast. Um, you know, cardio got increased to an hour today, an hour uh, a day. So, you know, hopping on that each hour was, was pretty hard. Um, you know, putting a tail over the treadmill so you didn't have a look at the time. Mm. Um, but then sort of got into the peak and then we go in transition into the final four weeks. So that's your final. And then you got your peak week, which is your last week. So the final three was probably the hardest because the peak week, you're like, you're excited. You know, you're pretty close to the show day. But those final three weeks were um, probably the hardest three weeks of my life. Like, they, days went for like, oh, days went for like weeks. Um, you wake up just hungry. Like, you can't even sleep. You wake up at three o'clock because you're hungry. Can't fall back asleep. You know, you just go for a walk because you can't eat anything. Have a black coffee, have a shot of coffee to wake you up. The amount of caffeine I went through was, was <laughs> stupid. Um, but, um, yeah, those final three weeks, like mood, like you were just so irritable all the time. Everyone just pissed you off. Like working with clients was just so hard because you had to carry the weights around. And at some point I was like, look, I can't carry your weights anymore. Can you please carry your weights? <laughs> so I felt like I wasn't even do, being doing my job properly. I couldn't even do it. So, um, you know, you're saving all your energy to do your hour of – cardio and you know your two hours of gym each day and then the rest is just you're literally trying to survive um and then that final week was exciting you know you you sort of get to get your hair cut you get to wax all the hair off um you get to tan up um and then obviously you get to get ready for the show so carb up as well which is good love the carbs yeah what do you learn from that whole experience that maybe you didn't realize before um appreciate the little things because um like food time with friends and family um because you know in that prep that's all that kept me going through was obviously eating and then you know spending that quality time um I was sort of fortunate that I have a good girlfriend so I'm lucky to you know have that comfort like 24 7 I can call her a messenger whenever I want um, but yeah, mum and dad, you know, them cooking my kangaroo each <laughs> night because I can't be bothered cooking, you know, having that kangaroo. support. Yeah, kangaroo steak, it's not bad. It's good macros. So, you know, if you're cutting woolies, it's pretty cheap as well. So, um, but yeah, kangaroo and, and lettuce, they did that for me each night. Just having that support system, um, but learning like the simple things like I'm really into walking now. That's one thing that I sort of slept on. Um, like I go on a walk every day, you know, put a podcast on, go for an hour walk. Mm. Um, I really enjoyed that through prep and I still do, you know, enjoying um, just the little, little things that are super important and you start to, you know, you know, before you're worrying about, you know, uh, it's just stupid, little stupid things. Um, 
And so opening up my life is a lot more stress-free now. Do you reckon it's just... That's why I'm a big advocate advocate for going through harder times and it's just for that perspective shift, isn't it? Just to appreciate how easy and how good we have it. But because we don't have the comparison, it's like, well, what am I... I'm, all I'm comparing to is what other people have. Mm. But when you go through it yourself, it's very internal. It's like, fuck, that was hard. But like, this is my everyday. This is actually pretty fucking good, isn't it? Yeah, it's like... When, if you go through hard, yeah, I guarantee, like, 100%, go through something hard, like, either that, you know, go for a 10-kilometer run, um, you know, do a diet, or et cetera, et cetera. But if you can push yourself through it and, you know, be happy with what you – and really do it properly, you know, you'll realize and look back, like, all the little things that you're worrying about before don't really matter. When you're worrying about when's my neck meal coming from mm. or um, how much kilometers do I have left, like – you know, there's actual bigger worries to life than the things we actually worry about. And in prep, like, I just didn't have any energy to worry. So it's sort of actually good because I just didn't stress at all. Really? So and you, then did you have any self, self-doubt self and stuff during the prep? Um, Not really because I didn't go into prep, like, wanting to win. Like, I had a little bit of self-doubt, like, am I going to, you know, make it? But um, I just wanted to do it, obviously, just to, you know, push myself. But... um. I didn't really have too much. I like had stress because I was like, you know, under eating and overdoing cardio and stuff. But like mental stress, not really. I was, that's something that um, I sort of footy sort of taught me not to do. Mm. Like um, I put too much stress on myself, so I made sure to not really overdo it because that makes it twice as hard. If you start comparing, you know, you see photos of you know someone that's going to compete with you, and you start seeing their photos, you're like, oh, he's got, you know. He's more shredded there. I sort of just didn't worry about that. I was like, I was going to show up and do the best I can. So that's one thing I was actually pretty pleased with. I didn't prep. Yeah. But yeah, like like the little things, if you can push yourself through hard times, you can open up so much more because you just understand that life's, we got we got it pretty good. <laughs> we got it very good. So um, yeah, I reckon if anyone's out, like just push yourself at something. Do you feel like with because footy it felt from what you're saying your story a little bit very external like you wanted to impress people chasing the dream and always it's quite draining to put on that mm. persona all the time but then you go into gym and it's very internal because it's just you it's lifting weights it's controlling it every all the results are from all the effort you put yeah. in but I feel like with footy there's is as much you can put in as much hard work as you can, there's a lot of circumstantial luck. There's yeah. who you know, does the ball bounce your way that day. But is that one of your favourite things about gym? Is it's, yeah. it's it's up to you. It is. Like, that's why I love... Like, weightlifting is literally up to you. Every Everything. Like, it's a lifestyle. It is... So if you put in the most work, you will get the most out of it. With footy, you can put in the most work and just not have luck. And someone that can put in twice the amount of work can just, you know go all the way so with weightlifting it's all about how hard you push so if you you know make sure to sleep regularly sleep good enough amount of time eat properly train hard with good intensity recover well you will see results you're not going to see results with footy you could do all of those things and just get an injury get an injury or the scout doesn't like you or there's someone better in your position um with weightlifting there's nothing it's just you so it's sort of stress-free knowing that it's all in your control. While the footy is a bit like uh, you've got to sort of know people to get places. 
has it has there been hard times though with this whole journey gymming yourself and being a coach like you do get up quite early sometimes and it's pretty long days gymming yourself is it and physically taxing um i guess has there been some harder times yeah um probably earlier on before prep like when i started to get into it like the lifestyle is a lot different to what am i a lot of my mates are into like so you sort of once you start to really go into it you start to isolate a lot because bodybuilding is very like it's all all day you don't really get no time off so you know going out to drink every you know friday saturday um doesn't really happen so being sort of isolated from your mates is a bit like sort of takes a toll and you're like but you sort of got to learn that if this is the lifestyle you want to go down I sort of had to tell myself like look you just you have to do it and like um from prep I was lucky that I had I forced myself to do that or had to do that and I sort of learned to just I don't mind like I like waking up early I like going for walks I like going to bed early I like eating at the same time I like going to the gym at the same time like I like this sort of strict schedule um and it sort of brought peace to my like peace to myself but at the start it was a bit like what's he gonna think you know if I don't go out and drink mm. or if I don't go out to the um bar and you know go out to one o'clock at night like but now I'm just like look I want to go to bed at nine o'clock go to sleep and wake up at five and go w- for a walk were you doing that for a bit uh, a little bit yeah at the start and that's why progress wasn't as great and that's why I got at, um the bulk didn't go well so you know I was trying to mix both lifestyles together and it's you got to choose one. You can't really choose both. You can, but it's just not going to be well for your mental state as well because, you know, you can put all this work in the gym and then you can, you know, smash, you know, go out and smash it on the weekend and you're sort of back at the starting point on Monday. Mm. And you got to sort of grind Monday, you know, got to under-eat to make sure you're doing well and then you got to smash it and you got to under-eat instead of just doing a nice, slow, steady progress. Mm. Um Plus, it is draining as well. Like, it affects your training, your sleep, um, not just the amount of calories you eat. So, um, there's so many other factors. What are you going to do differently in the next prep if there is if there is one? Um, well, doing the recovery diet at the moment. So, slowly, I've built up to sort of maintenance calories and sort of just chilling around this now. Not really focusing on, um, you know, eating a deficit or trying to mass put size on so sort of just relaxing at the moment trying to just you know train hard um keep my steps up keep as much body fat off as possible that's sort of the goal at the moment um and then i'm looking to compete maybe in three four years i really want to put some um good amount of mass on i feel like my upper body is pretty lacking compared to my lower body so definitely put some more size on there um slowly um over time and then um, just make sure that when you go into your prep that you're sort of in good condition already. You don't want to come in under condition. So it takes sort of, if you come in in good condition, you can sort of get away with a less harder prep. So um, mm. definitely coming in in better shape at the start is probably the main thing. Put you on the spot here, but I have an interesting question. Uh, if you only had six exercises to use in the gym for the rest of your life what would they be and why i saw this 
Um, <laughs> Did you see this on Chris Chris Bumstead? Yeah, that, he had ten, yeah. but I was like, I'm, oh, I'm gonna go down to six. Six, yeah. Oh, that's tough. Six. If I had to pick, hack squat for the legs. Um, probably barbell RDL. So those are my leg ones. Hamstring, legs, quads. Probably an incline movement. Probably go incline dumbbell for the chest. For the back. This is tough. Probably a T-bar chest supported row. Um, Got to throw um, biceps. Yeah. Biceps. <laughs> and then the last one. Probably lateral raise, dumbbell lateral raise. Those are probably the six I would choose. Yeah. Where, where we get in, in no triceps anywhere? You get a bit. You get a bit in the T-bar. Oh, no, you don't. Um, you get a bit in the incline dumbbell press. Okay. Uh, triceps. Yeah. What's the difference between, like, you picking the dumbbell uh, press versus, like, a like a bench, like, a with the bar? Um, it's just greater range of motion. So like you can sort of get a bigger stretch at the bottom of the movement. Um, and through research, it's been shown that like the eccentric portion of the way down of the movement is where growth occurs the most. So with a barbell, you are sort of stuck in that position. You can't go any lower mm. at your chest, but with dumbbell, you can come down and really stretch it and get that big stretch. So it's just better for hypertrophy, but for strength, like the bench press is king. Like, if you want to be stronger in your sport or you just want a bigger bench or to be stronger, choose a bench press. But if you want a bigger chest, um, I'm not saying you can't grow your chest on the bench press, but mm. if you want to grow you know, faster, you know, choose dumbbells. With mindset, I'm interested, do you have like philosophies that you live by like with discipline or showing up? Do you have things that you tell yourself to keep you sort of accountable to? Um. Probably body dysmorphia. <laughs> but um, no, nah, like I don't really have like any major philosophies. I just like doing it. Like it's just a passion. Um, so I don't really have to like force myself to eat healthy or to make my meals. I just like doing it. It feels good. Um, I feel like if I go off plan for too long, I just don't feel great. Like I like, I like going out to eat food. Like I like going out cheating. Like I do love pizza and burgers and stuff. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, I could eat so much of that stuff. If it was healthy, I would just eat pizza. Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Um, but um, like I just enjoy, you know, going to the gym, training really hard, going back home, making a meal, eating that, and just like it, it, it just feels so good. How are you able to allow yourself to relax when you go out and eat? Uh, yes, yes, and no. Like, there's certain times, like yeah. But certain times, like, you feel guilty slightly in the in the mind, like, especially going out to eat, you know, like a really big meal. Like, you know, you feel like, oh, should I be eating this? I'm going to have to do extra cardio. But I've learned to know that you have to live a balance because if you just did that sort of strict lifestyle, you would burn out eventually. Mm-hmm. So, you know, allowing yourself to go out and enjoy a meal, you know, once or twice a week is totally fine and it's not going to ruin your progress. Um, if most of the time you are doing the, you know, the right thing, you know, one, two meals isn't going to ruin your progress in anything. Why do you think so many people quit in the gym and they're not patient with the results? Everybody wants to get jacked hell quick and very fast. 
Um, it's a like you see all these photos on Instagram and and um, on social media. You know, people selling you this fast sort of twelve week transformation, um, and people just want stuff like that. But Jim is like a slow and steady progress to results. And if you can, like, trust me, you can go on, like, a diet and, and lose, like, 20 kilos in 10 weeks, but you'll just gain it all back once you stop. Like, you can starve yourself. Like, it's, it's not hard. Like, you could eat nothing for, like, I don't know, 60 days and lose the kilos you wanted to lose. But the moment you put food in your mouth again, you're going to be back up to that weight so quick. So people want that fast, quick result um, to get to their goals. And they think that's it. Oh, I've got to my goal. You know, that's done. People got to start thinking about like, it's a it's a lifestyle change instead of quick results. Because like, you get to that result, you want to stay at that result. You don't want to get to it, then bounce back up, and mm. then go back down, bounce back up. Yeah. So I feel like people just quit after a couple of weeks or um, go back to their what they were because they want it fast or pretty much they just want it like right now, everything yeah. now. Do you listen to many motivational speakers like Goggins? Um, no, but I'm really into this guy called Mark Rizzatel. He's taught me a lot, um, RP strength. So he's taught me a lot about sort of how to train as a how to coach, but also about um, the bodybuilding lifestyle and, and how to... Um, is this one of your coaches? or is, nah, is this, this is a like podcast? Podcaster, yeah. Okay. So... That's what the podcast I'm into now. And he's like, you know, a Russian dude who's bold and like jacked. Yeah. He's funny. Um, so he's probably the main person I'm listening to right now, but he's like pretty knowledgeable and he's he sort of understands that um, people, all everyone wants just fast results and, you know, unsustainable results quickly. But people got to realise that um, if you want to live a healthy lifestyle, you've got to live it for your whole life mm. you can't just live it for six what six months on a diet you've got to do it forever so you know if you want to get that you know physique that you're chasing you have to do it longer than six months unless you've got freak genetics which is true some people just can you know grow muscle by looking at weights <laughs> um ronnie coleman but um yeah it just you got to make if you want to get the results that you want in the gym you got to you know want to do it for majority of your life What's on the horizon next with all this stuff? Obviously, you're in a bit of a recovery period with your own stuff, but what about coaching? What about all that sort of stuff? What's next? Um, at the moment, I'm pretty happy doing one-on-one training at the moment, sort of building that up. Um, horizon, like goals, I'm looking to hopefully own my own gym. That's sort of the first step I want to do. Like, I would love to open up my own gym be pretty cool to have your own gym and then what would you would you do anything differently like do you see the gym and you're like oh i wish that could be a bit more like that is there any sort of unique things you would have in yours um i definitely want a sauna oh man 100 percent want like, a sauna need some recovery things like that's yeah. one of my only criticisms of like most gyms is they don't emphasize the recovery enough and like yeah. make it a space that people can go not just to smash themselves but recover from exactly yeah um but that's more of a business mind as well because like half the people that go to one of the gyms i work at is for the sauna like old people especially they love just going to the sauna and sitting in there so but i definitely think that you need the weight section you know i'd definitely try and make it more for 
just the average girl and not like a bodybuilding style gym. Um, and then recovery center. And then I think definitely like sort of like a yoga and sort of relaxation center as well. That's sort of what I want to create. The sort of environment where you can get all three important things that gym sort of yeah. involve. Like this, I feel like there's the training, the recovery, and then maybe sort of like the relaxation slash education. You mm. could, I always, because I always have these ideas, you're thinking about like, because like you said, the average gym goer, they don't really know too much. So maybe there could be a way in the gym to have a space where they could learn a few learn. things, maybe yeah. some books or some simple guides or some, you could put on the headphones and listen to podcasts with Jim. I don't know. I have no idea, but I think that's a really good idea. Cause like to learn while, after you do a hard session to, you know, go relax and then listen about, you know, nutrition, you're going to learn more after you've done something like that. And then instead of, you know, go home, you know, you know, give them the podcast, they might never listen to it. But after the gym, once they've done that, they're sort of thinking about the gym lifestyle. So they might actually learn more about it if they're still there sort of listening to something. So I think those are the three big important things is like obviously training hard, recover hard, and then learn hard. Like yeah, putting those three together, that's going to help you know the average person get a lot better in the gym. I feel like my vision for a gym is where there's also a sense of community, like people sort of maybe get to know each other a bit more because I feel like, for some gyms like Revo and stuff, they thrive off like the bulk numbers and sort of like the people don't really know each other. But there's some really community-based gyms and they're the ones that more have like mm. the saunas and stuff. They're a bit closer. Mm. I think my vision for an optimal gym would be that because then more comfortable to go, you sort of know people and it becomes sort of like that fun competition mm. and stuff like that. Yeah, I agree. I think those smaller gyms, like I work at A Good Life and I work at a more smaller gym and – 100% you can tell which ones like the people like actually like going there or like actually know about each other. Like everybody walks in, you know, gets greeted, you know, talks to all the other clients in there because they know everyone. A good life, like all you know is your client and like other people who've got headphones in like walking around. Like it's a pretty like, you know, which is fine. Like some people like that sort of, you know, go in, do their own work, leave. But yeah, if you want to create a good environment that people want to keep coming back to, I feel like that's sort of the way you want to go. I feel like in those gyms, I feel like there'd be a lot of people who don't want to do that, but they just think other people want to yeah. do that. Um, which is actually, I forgot the name for it, but it's a, um, it's a, it's a fucking, there's a paradox theory called it where it's a collective fallacy where everyone thinks that other people are thinking something, even though they're all thinking something different. So a lot of people in those common gyms would be like, fuck, I wish like it was more community. Like, I wish I got to know these people. Like, I wish I, I'd, I'd actually love to go speak to this bloke, see what he's doing. And he's thinking the same thing. Both got headphones on. Both could have a reality where they talk and connect. But because they both think the other person doesn't want that, it doesn't happen. Mm. Which is sort of what happens when we got those big commercial gyms. Um, so, quote, what have we got? Um, so I've got a quote, actually, I'll get it out. I think it's, from LeBron James, the king. The king. Um, I think it's a pretty basic one, but like something that I think is important is um, you have to be able to accept failure to get better. So for me, um, you know, I've accepted failure with footy um, and now I've got better from it. So, But what makes it a failure in your opinion? Um, is it because of the expectation? Not like, like a failure like, oh, you're, you're a failure, like, you've, um, you know, you've, done something bad like a failure like you haven't achieved what you wanted but you know you can get better from that so um accepting that footy was 
not a fail, but like I didn't get there. Yeah. But and then getting better from that. So um, being able to transition into this and now to build a career from it um, is sort of like that's accepting failure. So and to get better. So I feel like I've got a lot better from that. Not just as like a career and in bodybuilding, but also as a person as well. So I think that's a quote that I live by. Did you have to get out of were you in victim mindset for a bit? Like where you were like, fuck, poor me, like because of the AFL I know we're circling back here, but it sort of links like where you're like, oh fuck, like because all you know is your world where you're like dominant, playing footy. Was there, because I'm interested in the mindset shift because a lot of people I think struggle with this, like get themselves out of that where they have goals in one direction in life. Maybe it doesn't eventuate, but they could apply those, what they learned there in somewhere else. Like just if you have applied everything you learned in footy, you can apply that to the gym now. So many people have pathways that don't work out, but they could transfer those skills to some other place, but they just get that victim mindset and they can never pull themselves out of it. Yeah, it took like a lot of reflection, like... I kept like, but the more you put yourself in that victim mindset, like the more the worse it gets. Mm-hmm. So you got to finally just accept it. Like I wasn't good enough. Like if you if you just say I wasn't, I like I literally said I was, I, I would know I wasn't good enough. Like I, I, I there's so many things I could have done um, better to get there that I didn't do. But like you know that you saying that things like oh I wish I knew that guy. If I knew that guy, I would have been picked. All that stuff. But at the moment I just said, I oh, look, it wasn't it. You know, it just brought that, like, relief straight away. And then I was like, all right, what do I want to do now? Like, I like lifting. Let's go do that. Just find something from that. Because there's always things that you can, like, transition to that are sort of similar. And if you can just, like, throw yourself at that, just throw yourself at it. Just give it a go. And if you don't like that, then throw yourself at something different. Like, instead of just, like, sitting in the same spot. Because if you do that, it's just going to dwell and dwell. And it's, you're never going to get out of it. From when we last saw each other, and I guess from the high school, it feels like you've you've changed so much in a positive way. A lot of you, you sort of can just feel it. How? Because I feel like with when you go through your own self growth, it's really like one day, one day. Like you don't really get to see the growth because I see whatever X amount of years ago, and now I see now, and it's like I've got a good comparison of in time, mm. just like you see me, but every day you wake up and there's small, small changes. You don't get to see that. So is that, I'm interested, can you feel how different you feel with inside yourself compared to maybe back in high school? Well, yeah, I feel like it's weird because I don't really feel different. Like I feel the same, but like just what I do is a bit different. Like how I act and, you know, react to stuff and think mentally, internal stuff is a lot different now and sort of like my goals and lifestyle that I want now is completely different. Like I feel like footy brought out the selfish, arrogant sort of style of me and that's what I portrayed myself like at school. I was very, you know, I'm bull. Like um, I'm the man, like, you know, no one's going to get in my way. Well, I'm sort of in the bodybuilding. It's like, you know, I just, you know, want to help people improve myself and live a pretty stress-free lifestyle. It's like completely different sort of paths. Mm. Um, so like sort of grateful for lifting because like it's changed my whole mental side which I think something I need to like focus on more than physical. Um, so, yeah, it's I definitely feel the change, but I, d- I still feel the same, mm. just different. What would you tell yourself before you started your whole footy journey again from like a, a mindset perspective? Oh, probably just to like um, not worry about impressing people all the time. 
like just enjoy footy because like you love footy like I played it we all play footy because we love footy um that's the reason we do it so you know staying with that not just worrying about rocking up to a game thinking about you know how am I am going to play like let's try and just get a win with the boys like I should just worry about that first and if I play well I play well but not stop worrying about how you're individually going to perform you know try and just you know create that team environment because that's something I do miss from footy is you know you get to you know walk out with your mates and play with your mates and win a game you know celebrate after the game um you know I still think about like hail footy like playing of all your mates in the alco mm. and I was fortunate enough to win two alco so that's pretty cool and like you know the celebrations after each game we won um you know it's something I'll never forget but Everything else with footy is like, I oh, don't really care. But that sort of team environment, I should have really focused more on that, definitely. How do you feel like the next period is going to go with you with relationships? Because like I said, you feel like the gym lifestyle can be a bit isolating. Do you feel like there's room for improvement to sort of prioritise it a little bit? It doesn't have to be big alcohol benders. Like You can go out for dinner or go to the driving range. Are you sort of yeah. looking to prioritise I gotta, it? i got to look at doing better um i've definitely been very restrictive like this sort of phase now is pretty hard because you sort of got to be with the recovery diet you can't really go off plan that much at all but i'm lucky that i've got really good friends you know good family good girlfriend like i'm pretty lucky and they sort of know that i'm pushing myself this way so i know they just won't like ditch me like i won't be left with no one so i'm sort of glad but I definitely need to focus more on sort of mixing the two in a more healthy relationship rather than, you know, you know, doing the week really strict and then, you know, going out and getting absolutely smashed on the weekend. Would you have any simple advice for anyone starting in the gym? Obviously, you have a lot of clients like that, but what would be the most simple advice you would have? Um, probably the most simplest advice is get in the gym do your basic lifts first, learn how to do your basic lifts first. But even before the gym, like if you don't even feel uncomfortable going to the gym, you know, the first three things you need to focus on is probably the first one is your sleep. Like it's so powerful. Um, Getting, you know, going to bed at the same time, waking up at the same time, getting that in a good routine just helps everything, helps your body recover faster, helps your hormones. It just helps um, reduce appetite, um, keeps you regulated. The benefits from sleep, super important. Recovery, sort of the same thing. Yeah. And then we sort of go into nutrition. If you, you know, you can train as hard as you want and as perfect as you want. If your nutrition is shit, you're going to look like shit. So first thing, um, fix your nutrition. If you know your nutrition is lacking, that's the first thing. There's so many videos on YouTube that can sort of help you and guide you through that. And then probably the third thing, just activity, walking. Like walking is a super, is like the super exercise you if you don't like gymming just walk um you know if you can do you know you know everyone says ten thousand, but if you do even like say you're doing you know three thousand steps a day if you just increase it to six thousand that's the benefits you get from that are so important then you gradually increase that over time and you're able to eat more as well so like if you like eating that's a good sort of push to walk more yeah so those are probably the three things that i would tell people to focus on first and then if you enjoy those things, then get into a gym and, you know, start with the basics, learn them. You know, again, there's so many YouTube videos you know, demonstrating form and then sort of choose a path that you want to go down. Do you want to go down more 
of you know the bodybuilding style? Do you want to get strong, or do you just want to lift to have fun? Mm. Those are probably the most. That's pretty simple as that. Yeah, love it. Any concluding thoughts? Mate, it's been a pleasure to be on the show. I've loved talking, and you're doing well, mate. And keep up the podcast. Um, but yeah, it was an honour to be on the show, mate. Thank you, and cheers. Thank you again for listening. There is lots to learn from Lockie in that chat there. It was definitely one of my most enjoyable chats and I cannot wait to see the progress he makes in the future. Thanks again, guys, and I'll see you in the next one. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.